0: Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about a topic that if you and I or a number of us were sitting around the table and each of us were to share our personal story around how we deal with this topic, I think each and every one of us would have a very different experience. Some of the things may be the same uh, or similar, but each of us would bring a different discussion to the table. Some of us are quite happy to talk about about this topic, others maybe not so much. They like to keep it secret and somewhere in between. What am I talking about today? Well, the topic of this particular episode is all around money or an aspect of money. And you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Each and every one of us has our own money story. And years ago in many of the the professional development and, and even certifications that I did as I was a career coach or in the career industry... And then transitioning to working with entrepreneurs and and small business owners, as well as solopreneurs, coaches, and consultants. I furthered my study in the area particularly around money mindset and money is such an interesting thing. The things I learned and applied in my own life were so helpful and some of the things that I learned along the way I want to share with you as well to open you up to maybe recognizing hey there are some areas in my life where I need to revisit and see is my relationship with money, is this habit, is this thought that I have around money, is it helping me or is it hindering me? So some of the things I want to talk about today is why your money mindset, what you think about money is really important to your business success and even if you're listening to this and you've got a career, you're working for someone else or there's a mixture of your own business and working for someone else, your money mindset is so important to your financial freedom where you're not stressing, where you're not anxious around money and I don't know about you but there is so much going on in the world today where there is a lot of fear fear-mongering going on around the money aspect. I want to talk about the money blind spots that maybe can cause you an invisible ceiling on your income. I want to talk about key areas that service-based businesses, and I put my hand up for all of these we typically can give away our power with money. And yes, there is power with money. When you feel anxious, when you think about money, when you think and look at your bank account with an an aspect of scarcity, that is uh, a relationship and you're giving your power away. And so we wanna reclaim some of that power. I'm gonna talk a little bit about sacred money archetypes or money archetypes. This is a system that I am certified in. Love this particular system. It gives a real insight into the personality type if you will the archetypes how you handle money your relationship with money and while each of us has strengths in how we you know relate to money there is also And so once we recognize that, we can see how can we be giving away our power? How can we be stopping ourselves from generating more income, charging what you're worth and bringing your expertise, your gifts, your talents to the world while also be compensated for that and fairly? And so those are just some of the things that um, I'm going to talk about today. I also have to share with you that I'm a Christian and, you know, I mistakenly heard from the pulpit, if you will, uh, something which I mistakenly took on board and that was this. You may have heard this too, that money is evil. But you know what? Money is not evil. Let me just say that, even from a biblical perspective. What that Bible verse says is the love of money is the root of all evil and what that means is this is that if and and this can happen when you become so fixated on money and that becomes almost like your idol you would do anything and everything even sell your soul basically you know so to speak to get more income and wealth that's the kind of the root of all evil that that Bible verse is, is, is talking about. Now, I'm sure that when you see things that are going on in the world today, you recognise that things are not normal. There are things um, that are just not right. And, you know, sadly, there are institutions, sadly, there are people who have literally now using their wealth with real sense of pride and arrogance and hatred they want more of it power and absolute power can corrupt and absolute Fixation on money—that is why that Bible verse says, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. People go to wars because of that, because of power and money. But I just wanted to give you a bit of a background into. For me, that's one of the areas that I've really had to get settled in my own heart. In the business owner, as a business owner, that money isn't evil. It's the love of money. However, on the other token, when I'm doing the right thing and you know, bringing excellence and integrity to my work. Delivering what I, you know, said to my clients that I would, I could charge for that, and there's no need to be guilty, you know, feel any guilt around that whatsoever. The Lord wants us to prosper, and the prosperity is not just in the area of wealth, money, but prospering in your health, in your mind, how you are, in your being. That's what the Lord wants, you know, as far as prosperity is is concerned. So anyway, that was just a little bit of a snapshot into some of the things that I've had to deal with. Uh, as as i navigate it you know what's my relationship to money how does money show up or not show up can i change my relationship with money so that there are no blocks there misunderstandings uh, around that now here's a little bit of an exercise imagine someone gave you twenty thousand dollars and that twenty thousand dollars had no ties to it whatsoever This person said, you can do with it as you please. What would you do with that $20,000? Let's just leave that $20,000 there. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let me ask you But some of these things. Uh, can you relate to any of these in your business or maybe even in your career? There's a feast and famine cycle. Sometimes things can be going really well and you think this is fantastic. I'm on a roll. This is great. I finally made it. And then all of a sudden, crickets. There's no sales and the money tree has stopped growing. Let me just say that. Can you relate to that? What about this? You've grown your business to a certain level and you're stuck. And no matter how much you do, how much you change, how much you're marketing your business, how many conversations you're having, all of that, nothing is really building your business to the next level. Or maybe you're just tired of undercharging, you're over-delivering and you know that you know that you know that you're not charging enough for your services. Maybe you can relate to this. Or what about this one? This is some of the things that have actually been told to me by some of my clients as soon as they make money it's out the door I had one client that said you know I start saving up for a holiday and then as soon as I get enough money in my savings that I know is going to fund my trip my travel and that that I've been dreaming about the washing machine breaks down, or my car needs to get fi- uh, fixed. Something happens that that money then needs to get spent on repairing something. It's straight out the door. Maybe you can relate to that, or maybe you're someone that you just wish you didn't have to worry about money anymore. The whole thinking about the whole money aspect to you just you just want it, don't want to do it. Maybe you feel guilty about making more money because you think, well, me making more money means someone else may not make as much and you feel guilty that, you know, you've got more of an abundance than someone else has or maybe you're wondering why you can't seem to get paid what you're worth when you look at your experience, when you look at your skill set, when you look at the, uh, you know, the the vast knowledge that you've gained over all these years, why are you not getting paid what other people are getting paid? And maybe even, this is what one of my clients said to me once, she said, I'm really embarrassed to have to say this to to you, Amory, but I wonder why are they getting opportunities and projects and speaking gigs I've got more experience, more qualifications than they do. I just don't get it. So if you're feeling one or maybe a number of those things, you're in the right place. So here are some common money stories that some of them I relate to, others, um, you know, uh, uh, the stories that I've heard from my clients. Maybe you resonate to hearing this. Here's this one. What's the point of making more money? They Will only take it away from you anyway. That's something that I heard one of my clients once say. Well, what about this one? All salespeople are scumbags. If I try and sell my services and sell and push and ooh and salesy, people won't like me. Did you hear that story growing up? Or maybe that is something that you have come to to consider because of experiences that you've had maybe this is a money story that you're telling yourself what about this one I spoke about this as before money is the root of all evil and as I mentioned money is not the root of all evil the love of money is money is a commodity isn't it? it's a thing it's a paper document well actually it's it's not just a paper document anymore there's There's um, electronic money too. But whatever it is, whether it is in, in physical form or in digital form, money is just a tool. It's a thing. It's not evil at all. It's what you think about it and what drives you. What about this one? Another common money story that I've often heard. It's easy for people to make a lot of money, but not for me. I'm just not able to. It's not in the cards for me. It's easy for everyone else, but not for me. Maybe that's something that you've heard or even what you may have observed or heard from people around you, maybe your parents or those people that you uh, interacted with when you were younger. Here's an insight. And this was something that was shared uh, by one of my mentors many years ago and it is still true today and it's true for you too that we will seek the evidence that we need to prove that our beliefs are true. Let me say this again. This in and in, in of itself is a huge aha that you, I, will seek the evidence that we need to prove our beliefs are true. So when we look at it in the aspect of money, if we are Looking at well, why can I not grow my business? Why do I constantly get stuck in this money famine cycle? What I want to do is share with you what uh, a model, if you will, or a grid that I you know have taught in the past and and still do today with clients around money. And there are four things that I want you to consider, and each thing leads to the next thing, to the next thing, and to the next thing. The first thing that we talk about is our beliefs and our values. Our beliefs and our values, in which money mindset and your self-belief sit, our beliefs and our values, impact our thoughts and our feelings. Then our thoughts and our feelings impact our behaviour. And our behaviour is our actions. It's the things that we do. It's our habits. So behaviour is our actions and our habits. And the behaviour, our actions and our habits, that impacts our outcome. Let me say this again, your beliefs and values impact your thoughts and feelings, your thoughts and feelings impact your behaviour, your actions and habits and your behaviour, your actions and habits impact your outcome. So you imagine that one of your common money stories, so these are the beliefs that you have around money. And imagine one of them is this. No one makes much money in this particular industry. It's impossible to charge anything more than that in this industry. Well, that's your belief because that's what you know, others in your industry are telling you that's kind of standard in the industry and that's what you believe because you're hearing it and you're seeing it. Other people cannot make more because that's standard of the industry. Then your thoughts and feelings are going to be that as well. I mean, your thoughts are, well, I can't charge anymore, so I'm not going to. So the feeling around that may be, well... You might not have any feeling around that, actually, because that's standard, so why should you seek to be any different? But your behaviour, your actions, your new habits are that you don't change your pricing, you don't increase your pricing, you don't need to do what to position yourself to be able to charge more. And of course, the outcome is that people pay you that particular standard in your industry. Now, this particular belief that it's impossible to charge anything more than this in this industry for me, this this is actually something that I heard when I started in the career industry. I went to various groups and there was one group that was the governing body for career coaches and consultants in Australia. And when I would go to different meetings and you know, there were some online things back then, not, not many, but some would, would say, well, you can't charge more than this for a resume. And that's what I assumed. But then... Through the lovely technology that we had then, even though it was minimal, it still allowed me to network and uh, participate in courses from overseas in the U.S., And then I was hearing things about, you know, people were charging more. And in actual fact, they were charging four, five, six times more than the typical resume charge. Then in my research, I found that there was, you know, a few people, just a few handful, one in particular who later became a really good friend and colleague, we did work together, I I was part of her team, I would do the interview coaching, but she was certified in resume writing and was charging so much more than the industry standard. I then challenged that belief and that even that was industry belief here in Australia that it's impossible to charge more for resumes and I increased my resume charges by 400% and people were paying me for it because you know the actions and the behaviours that I was doing was getting certified I was learning amazing techniques and writing skills in putting together personal marketing documents and how to put a powerful LinkedIn profile this was many many years ago but you see what I'm talking about here I started to challenge the belief because I saw other people doing things and I thought what are they doing that I need to do needed to go and do more professional development needed to develop my skills I needed to hang out with these people because that's what they were doing so my networking and who I would associate with changed as well to working with people who were doing it because I thought well if they can do it then I can do it too I just need to change my behavior and that's exactly what I did and then guess what I was then starting to change and didn't happen overnight. I mean it was slowly. It slowly increased my prices because it wasn't just a resume. I then included interview coaching and salary negotiations and other things. So my programs and packages really packed a punch. It was in all of the areas that my clients wanted support in to get noticed, to get hired, to get paid what they were worth. I'm sharing this because is there something that you need? ...to challenge yourself. You know, the evidence that you are currently seeking are you seeking the evidence that's going to hinder you? You need to go out and start to look for the evidence that it is possible. Who else is doing it? What did they do? What did you need to do? Do you need to change the groups that you're hanging out with? Maybe even break the mould of the industry. There were many different moulds that I broke from the industry because if people tell me I can't do something, uh, I think, "Mm, yeah, I can. Like another industry challenge was well you can't coach or counsel clients by the phone you have to do it in person rubbish there were other people doing it i just did not feel that that particular limitation was right and you know this is prevalent around so many things that we are doing because we assume that that's what we need to do because the industry or someone is telling us that that what is what we need to do rubbish You know, challenge that status quo. Let their ceiling be your floor. And that's exactly what I, you know, have done all throughout my life finding someone, you know, who's done it. And if someone hasn't done it, then I'm just going to do it myself. And then I will go and teach others and show them what I did. What belief and value around money and around making more money, around abundance, around prosperity and a healthy abundance and a healthy prosperity you know, a balanced one, do you need to change and challenge, challenge and change some of the beliefs and values that will enable you to have more? Because guess what, friends, when we have more, we can bless more people, we can hire more people, we can invest in services and products that we may not be able to when our, you know, money is limited How many people can you bless, can you contribute to, can you fund projects when you have more abundance in finances and wealth? I mean, just imagine. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about rather than getting stuck, you know, around that. Let me give you another example. Money around the money mindset impact grid. You know, say for instance your belief is clients won't pay me any more than X, Y and Z you know, your thoughts around that could be, well, I'm not worthy to be paid anymore. How can I charge more when you compare, you know, myself to everyone else in the industry? Your feelings are that you feel sad, you feel frustrated, and so the action could be or the behaviour is you don't bother creating higher-end programs because maybe you don't know how. You don't know how because you think that you're not worthy and you're, you're sad and frustrated. No, I absolutely get that. So because you don't take time to create higher end programs or invest in yourself. That oft, often can happen too, because you don't feel worthy, you don't invest in yourself, which means you can't create or you don't create higher end programs. And what happens when you do, you know, try and put your prices up, clients say no. And what happens is that proves your belief that clients won't pay me anymore. That that belief is true. And it's an it's an you know it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Clients won't pay me anymore. I don't think I'm worthy. I feel sad and frustrated. I don't bother creating hiring programs. Clients say no when I do try and increase my prices. And guess what? It proves my belief that clients won't pay me anymore. That belief is true. We need to break that cycle, friends. And once you know how, it's so simple. Well, when I say simple, is you have a belief. What belief and what are you doing to continue to prove that belief is true? Change that belief and start looking for different evidence. Start then looking at the behavior to invest, like I did, and and other, you know, my clients do, and, and other people do. Take the actions because then, slowly but surely, the results and the outcome that you get will make a significant difference that then adds to the proving of the new belief, the helpful belief, that hey, when I up-level my mindset, when I up-level my skills, when I up-level my programs and I up-level the confidence in my conversations when I'm having a you know conversation with a prospective client, my client is so excited, my prospective client is so excited that they cannot wait to work with me. So it's a yes, let's do this. That is what happens when you start to challenge the money mindset that you have around money. That that is, if you're working from a scarcity mindset. So how do you know whether you have a scarcity or an abundance mindset? Well, let me go through a couple of lists and see which one you resonate with the most. Now, if you Do find that you resonate more with the scarcity or just enough mindset don't worry about it don't beat yourself up about it all you need to do is then recognize that and then ask yourself what can I do to change that what are some of the things that I can do to change my beliefs around that to change my actions around that so that I can get a better outcome or an outcome that I want so let's have a look at the just enough or scarcity mindset This is where you're possibly driven more by fear and something that you don't want to happen to you or you want to avoid something. So you're driven more by the fear of something or not wanting to have something than if we have a look at the abundance mindset in the opposite direction where you take action. So you're driven by the hope, by the faith, by the dream, by the outcome that you are wanting to achieve. Whereas the just enough or the scarcity mindset, the driven by fear is what you don't want. You don't want to remain without money in the bank. The other side of the coin would be that you're taking action, you're driven with hope and faith and possibility and your goals and vision. Now a just enough or scarcity mindset can often be rigid. They don't really see that many different options and things like that, whereas an abundance mindset would be a bit more flexible, would see opportunities in even failure. Just enough scarcity mindset would be more rigid in their approach, whereas an abundance mindset would be more flexible in their approach a just enough scarcity mindset would often be driven or limited by the limited resources that they have yeah i can't do live streams because i don't have the latest light or the best microphone or whatever it is whereas on the other side of the coin an abundance mindset would say you know what I may have minimal resources, but I'm going to use what I have in front of me. In fact, what I have is enough and it's going to get me to the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So limited resources are not keeping them stuck. A just enough scarcity mindset would look at the problems. Problems um, and that would often then keep them stuck. Whereas an abundance mindset would look at that and then immediately go to a solution. What can I do differently? All right, can't open that door, but can I take a window? Is there a window? Yes, here is a barrier. Can I go under it? What needs to be done? Can I go under it? Can I go over it? Can I go around it? So it's more solution focused rather than looking at the problem. Just enough or scarcity mindset can often focus on what you don't have. You know, you might compare um, you, yourself to what other people are doing or what they're having in their business. And when you see all of the equipment and all of the tools and all of the, you know, their website looks amazing and all of the things. That keeps can keep you stuck and it can impact your mindset. And then on the abundance mindset, you can focus on the things that are happening, even if they're just small. You know, you you focus on the mini wins, the small wins, the inch of a step that you've made. Um and you know, and sometimes we can see ourselves, can't we? In yeah, I resonate with some of the just enough and the scarcity mindsets myself. But what I wanna what I want to encourage you to do is just be mindful of am I sitting stuck right within the the area of just enough or scarcity? And what do I need to do to move forward so that instantly, if I do see myself focusing on what I don't have, that I can snap out of it quickly and then focus on what I do have. What is possible? What do I have right now in front of me or in my hand or can I get access to that can help me take that step forward? The scarcity or just enough mindset focuses on I failed again. Whereas the abundance focuses on, okay, what learnings can I take from this? What are the possibilities? Can I tell you, I have failed way more times than I have succeeded. But to me, they're not a failure because I have learned from each and every one of them of of those particular situations. And, you know, rebuilding and building the foundations can take some time. But I tell you what, I'm going to enjoy every single moment of that because in that The development and learning from my failures and disappointments has shaped my character. And I will stare failure in the face and say, you will not win. I think I might have shared on on various episodes of, of podcasts that I'll often look at a situation... And I'll say, you know, this situation has the ability to make me or break me and breaking me is not an option. All right, just enough scarcity mindset can say I can't afford it, whereas abundance will say, well, what steps do I need to take that will enable me to invest in my future? And all of the things that I mentioned in each of those, you know, the just enough scarcity mindset, what it does is it actually repels abundance. And so you need to be mindful that by f- just focusing on all those driven by fear, being rigid, limited resources, being focused and only your attention on the problems, focusing on what you don't have, focusing on I failed again and saying to yourself, well, I can't afford that. That will repel abundance. Yet all of the other areas that I shared, the opposite, the abundance mindset, you know, hope and faith, being flexible, numerous resources, being solution focused focusing on blessings and wins, even if only small, focusing on learnings and possibilities and um, taking, you know, and, and asking yourself, what steps do I need to take that will enable me? To invest in my future, well, that attracts abundance. And when we continue to do that every single day and mind ourselves, what am I thinking about the situation? And and flipping the switch, so to speak, to be thinking about, you know, the abundance aspect of it, that is when we can begin to change our beliefs and our money mindset. If we have a look at some of the common areas, we call them money blind spots or money leaks that commonly service-based business owners typically give away their power with money. Let me just share a couple of things that I'll often see. And look, I've done a number of these things myself, so I know exactly how and where they can continue to keep your business stuck. And the money leak can be not charging enough. Now, you imagine that if you are undercharging your programs, say you've got some programs, you've got some beautiful packages and programs that you put together, but you're undervaluing. And undercharging by say, look, $300 at a minimum. If you sell one of your programs, that's $300. But now imagine that you sell five of those particular programs and you're undercharging each of your clients by $300 or let's say by a month. Well, that's $1,500 a month that you are undercharging. Now, say, we are going to times that over 12 months, that's $1,500 per month times 12, that's $21,600 that you are undercharging. And so, so often as business owners, we think, oh, well, you know, I know I need to up my prices, but I'm, I'm happy. Here's a client. When we multiply that by say, five clients a month, by then those five clients over 12 months, that significantly adds up when we're not charging enough so my coach's request for you today is when's the last time you looked at your programs and your packages and your charges do you need to increase your fees and if you do when are you going to increase them stick a date on down and then, and hopefully that date is sooner than later, and make a commitment to increasing your prices. One of the things that you can do as a as a strategy is to let your um, prospective clients, those people who may have had a conversation with you, and it wasn't quite right yet, the timing to work with you maybe what you then do is to say look my prices are going up the program is going up at this time of date I'm opening you know my calendar for five more clients at our current rate and you know here's a link to my calendar to book in to see if you're a good fit so that could be a promotion that you do to fill those spots at the older price and then of course once that date hits the calendar then you increase your fee so that is one money leak and it would have to be a significant money leak. Here's another money leak that uh, I've experienced and that I see happen time and time again and that is tolerating team inefficiencies. Now what is the impact on that? Well you may have to redo some of the things that your team is just not doing correctly and this can often be and I've done it myself oh look I'll just I'll just fix that up oh I'll just add that that there to to the website or I'll just fix that graphic I'll just whatever because it's not going to take that much time guess what even two minutes five minutes of your time fixing something that your team did not do because of an inefficiency is costing you money. And it, it is also costing you your energy as well. And let's face it, your energy and and productivity and how you show up is priceless because it just means that you're not focusing on the things that you want to focus on, even if that is taking time away from your business so that you can rest and recuperate. That's why you hire a team to be able to take the load. So what can often happen is and then, then maybe you don't launch your program or you miss out on clients or you're not launching higher-end programs and you're not launching them as often as you can. Your marketing is not working because your team is, is not, depending on obviously what area you're hiring them to support you in your business, but whatever area that they're working in, tolerating inefficiencies, is going to cost you time, money, your energy levels. The costs aside from money is so much more. So imagine that, so what are you tolerating in your team that needs to get fixed? If I think of one of my clients, she was working with a VA and there were just certain things that just weren't really working uh, for her around with the podcast editing and getting the podcast you know, the social media out into the various social platforms and so forth. She's now hired a new VA and that VA is doing an incredible job podcast is is, you know launched at the right time. It's edited correctly. Um, The social media content is just on point. She, my client, is now doing more lives. The VA has really supported her. It's contributing to her uh, and her team. And so, what are you tolerating if your VA, your team, is not supporting you and not bringing and adding value to your team? I really encourage you to invest and find another team member who is going to support you and in the best possible way so that you don't have to fix up all of the errors or they can support you in the area where you're not as uh, strong. And then the third money leak is the do-it-yourself mentality. I mean, I'm the first to put up my hand that often I will say, yeah, I'll, I'll do that myself. Bookkeeping or social media or whatever it is, if you could do that, and, but you know that someone else can do that and it's their area of expertise too and it's going to leave your calendar for – important. when I say important things, all of the things in, in your business are important, but there are some things that only you can do. You can't hire a team member to go and give a presentation – You can't hire a a, a team member to take photos of yourself to share and do reels or, or whatever it is, podcast interviews and so forth. You can't hire someone to take your place to do that unless, of course, you're hiring someone because they're your PR or they're part of your marketing team. There are certain things in your business as part of the operations that you do and your tasks that only you can do that's what you need to focus on and everything else you want to then outsource or get done by your team members, particularly the things that you know that need to get done, the minimum things that need to get done to free up your time. What are they for you? And if you add up over the months, the weeks, the months and then the year, it can really add up and that time that you're doing an admin or social media posts, or whatever it is, the scheduling, that can be better served and time that you spend on the things that only you can do. So those are the three money leaks of that I really want you to keep an eye out for. Now before we complete this particular episode, I want to go back to where I said to you, imagine that someone gave you $20,000 and you were able to do something with that, whatever you wanted, there were no strings attached and i want to look through some of the lenses of the money archetypes the money archetypes is one of the systems that i use with all of my clients because it really demonstrates or it shows them what's your relationship with money what are some of the habits some of the characteristics that typically show up for you because you tend to be more of this money archetype. And there are eight different money archetypes, but I wanna talk about a few today, looking at how they may respond to getting this $20,000. Now, one of that money archetypes is accumulator and they're the inner banker. Now, just by saying inner banker, you kind of know what they're going to do with that money. They are going to put it somewhere safe where they know that it's going to be secure because when it comes to money, them and what they do with it, it's a match made in heaven. Saving and living within their means comes naturally to them and they will be putting the money in the bank so if you are an accumulator that's probably something that you would do you would go i am going to put it in the bank or i'm going to put it there because i know that that is going to continue to work for me and it makes you feel safe and secure putting your money somewhere safe now let's have a look at one of the other archetypes and this is the maverick the maverick is the inner rebel with a cause they love To do things that are out of the norm. They love to challenge the status quo, hence the inner rebel with a cause. So they're always looking for opportunities that will give them a return that doesn't necessarily have to have low risk. In fact, they are the risk takers. So you may invest some or or decide to maybe invest it in cryptocurrency or something that is quite new and out of the ordinary. So you would make the decision and you would Do something with your money that uh, is quite out of the ordinary because – You love that excitement, you love the risk, the taking of the risk and yeah, so you may find the maverick has, you know, extreme financial highs and extreme lows, so both because of that and uh, so for you, with that money, you may decide to do something absolutely out of the the ordinary, challenge the status quo and make a decision with something that's quite High risk. Now, if you are the money archetype of nurturer, and the nurturer is the inner sponsor, what you may do is, if there you find that there is a need, uh, maybe some of your family or someone that you know close uh, is is in need of money, you are most likely to be the archetype that would happily share the money that you got, the twenty thousand dollars with other people, because that just makes you feel so good being able to support others. So, you know, you are the the carer, you are the inner sponsor. So you love to support others. So I would say that if there are people with needs, and you got $20,000, you may be thinking about other people who you could bless and you could support that with as well. Let's look at one more of the money archetypes and this is the celebrity this is the inner big shot this particular uh, archetype has a charismatic personality and you love bling you may very much invest in something in your business or your life to up level Whatever you are doing, whether it's up-leveling your brand, up-leveling your image, up-leveling some of the equipment that you may have to some of the you know better range of things. So up-leveling, up-leveling, up-leveling because it really is to up-level your brand, your message, your positioning. So those are just some fun exercises looking at what the archetypes may do with that $20,000 I wonder, do you resonate with any of those archetypes? So why am I sharing this? As I mentioned earlier, you've got a money story, but you've also got through the money story and what you've observed uh, growing up when it comes to money or heard when it comes to money, the situations that you have experience particularly as a young child because remember the younger years is when you were informed it, it, it informed you and and you've created many of the beliefs around certain things and in this instance around money was created back then so often then you've now have certain characteristics when it comes to money and that's going to determine Um, how you respond, how you react, what you do, what what you don't do and so that's one of the things that when I'm working with clients is to recognise well what's your money stories, what are your money archetypes so that we can look at the gifts and the strengths and then we can look at where perhaps you need to work on because if we don't then that's going to be an issue. In the example of the ruler, you love working, you know, your business does take up most of your time and attention but what can happen if you overplay that, remember if you overplay a strength that become a weakness to the point where your business just dominates so, so much of your time that you wear out because of the fact that you feel losing control. Um, you never feel satisfied and so it's more and more and more and more whereas you need to balance that out. In the case of celebrity where, you know, you like to make that that status, have that status, you like to build that and have that recognition, you may find that you're constantly doing that more so to validate you because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you may feel that if you're not doing that, then you're not validated as worthy. You know, unless I'm making a big impact, unless this and this, if that's not happening for me, then people don't think I'm worthy, I'm not validating. So again, when you overplay a strength, they become a weakness. And so that's why it's so important to recognise, you know, what are my money archetypes? How can I be holding myself back? What are my strengths? Where do I need to lead to drive me forward? This money, mindset and what we talked about today. We're just scraping the surface. I hope that you're able to take some value from, from the conversation that we've had today, from the things that I've shared today around money mindset to help you look at, well, where am I? Is some of the beliefs that I have around money and what I'm telling myself, is that holding me back? Am I searching for the beliefs? that prove my belief is true am i searching for those things that are holding me back and if so i want to let you know that there is a way to change that you certainly can Uh, that's one of the things that i do in the programs where we work and we find out exactly what your money archetypes are in fact a really great place to start there's two different resources If you're wanting to find out what your money archetypes are, come and join the Influence Alliance, which is the uh, community for coaches and consultants who want to build a thriving business that they can scale while also sharing their message in a much bigger way so that they can make a difference uh, one podcast at a time. The Influence Alliance has all of the training that will enable you to do that, as well as in our masterclasses that we've covered was a whole series of three months where we took time to work on our money mindset and that finding out what our money archetypes are how do we leverage strengths how do we look at some of the weaknesses how can we transform that that's right inside the influence alliance so go to the influence alliance.com and uh, check out our membership there secondly which is doesn't cover the archetypes but it certainly helps you um, to start to break through some of the money mindset that may be holding you back is our e-course break through your money dramas and that's an e-course And if you go to industrythoughtleaderacademy.com, you'll be able to see that as one of the business trainings that we do there. So those are a couple of options for you to consider. So there is the possibility to change your mindset and your beliefs around money to be able to support you so that you can continue to charge what you're worth and, and, and attract high level clients who value you and your expertise so that you can contribute your expertise to support your clients while you also get paid what you're worth for the contribution that you are sowing into the lives of your ideal clients it's absolutely possible and if you're struggling with you know the topic around money in your business and you can see that that's a significant area that's keeping you stuck I certainly recommend you either go and check out the uh, money dramas uh, e course, Breakthrough Your Money Drama e course, or come and join the Influence Alliance, where we'll we'll help determine what your money archetypes are. And there's a lot of other training around there in that community as well. Well, that's bye for me. I hope you found this a valuable episode and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you in one of our communities. Bye for now.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com.